Welcome to the Square Apple Show. Hi, I'm Dr. Yong Shin Ning. I'm the co-founder of Change Voyage Consulting. After 20 years of corporate life, I successfully transited to be an entrepreneur. Wearing multiple hats as an entrepreneur, adjunct lecturer, mother, wife, daughter, sister, has taught me how to navigate life's challenges. And my secret is Square Apple. In this show, I will discuss tips and strategies to change the way you think about your personal and professional life. Because if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Ready to activate the square apple in you? Let's begin! Welcome to the Square Apple Show. I'm Shining, and in this episode, I'll be turning your head upside down. Hey, wait! No, no, don't leave the show yet! You won't be injured in the process, I promise you. Because I'll be talking about mental techniques to turn your round apple into square apple. Okay, first I'm going to give you two problems which you need to listen carefully. Are you ready? Number one. Imagine a man reading a book when the lights go off. But even though the room he's in is pitch dark, the man goes on reading. How? Okay, let me give you a tip. The book was not in electronic format. Ready for the second question? Number two. Marsha and Marjorie were born on the same day of the same month of the same year to the same mother and the same father. Yet, they are not twins. How is that possible? I'm unable to peer into your brain, but I can assume that you are firstly visualising a man staring into a book in pitch darkness. Although I'm not sure how you can even see that because it's pitch darkness. Okay, for the second question, I believe you are visualising a pair of twins, likely girls, named Marsha and Marjorie. Wait, are they wearing identical polka dot dresses? Okay, never mind. It's irrelevant to the answer. Before I reveal the answers to you, I want you to remember exactly what you're visualizing now. Because that mental picture determines the framework of thought that you are trying to find the answer from. Because I'm going to soon reveal to you that you could not find the answers because you are limited by the images you see in your mind. Ready? Let's first talk about the man who is reading in pitch darkness. So he did not require light to read because he's blind. They are part of a set of triplets. Did you get the correct answers? These brain teasers are from a 2015 study in the Journal of Problem Solving. They were highlighted in another of my favourite book and the inspiration behind this podcast series. This book is Elastic, The Power of Flexible Thinking by Leonard Melodinao. In retrospect, you have to fundamentally change your assumptions and alter your frame of reference in order to solve the puzzles. The answers could not be found in your visual image and in fact posed a barrier to you to think outside the box. When we are presented with life's challenges, 
sometimes we can solve them within the existing framework. But there are some problems like the ones above that may require a fundamentally new way of thinking. But of course, whether it's incremental or fundamental shift will only be known on hindsight. So what's important to us is that we know replicable techniques to activate the square apple in us. We'll look at two such techniques in today's podcast. The first technique. What if it were the opposite? The first technique is to pick your most fundamental belief and think of the opposite. I sometimes do this for fun as it has become pretty much a habit to me. For example, when I walk through the malls and I see newly opened F&B joints which have few customers, because sometimes it's off-peak, not that their business is bad, I will think to myself, what if they automated the entire food outlet? Then they can save on labour costs and replicate the solution elsewhere without being constrained by labour costs. What is stopping them from doing so? Those of you who have heard my podcast on how I fantasised about expanding the small Mihunkwe hawker stall into an empire would have figured out by now that I really enjoy the mental exercise of thinking the opposite of what a business is currently doing. Other than doing this for fun on an ad hoc basis, I do this for business clients as well, mostly at the business model design course that I teach in a local university. The objective of the course is to help our client which is a real-life one who willingly signed up for the course to be worked on by the students, we help them to assess their current business model and find opportunities to innovate in a way that would enable them to scale and grow their businesses. In this course, the students use the business model canvas developed by Alexander Osterwalder to structure the business model for the company. This model has got nine components. For example, starting with the value proposition of the products or services that the business is offering, what customer segment, what customer relationship, what channels they are reaching the customers, the key activities, key resources, key partners, and the cost and revenue drivers. It's a pretty nifty framework that we use. Part of the technique that we use in this course is to get the students to think of the opposite of what the current business is. So, for example... If the company that comes to us is a business-to-consumer company, the students will consider what is whether it makes sense for the company to start serving the business-to-business market segment. Or, if the company is currently deriving revenue from sales of products, the students will consider if it's viable for them to deliver services um, such as another product line or together with the products, the physical products itself. I've also done this exercise with business owners I teach in an entrepreneur class. And what I find is that business owners find it more difficult than students to undertake this exercise. This is probably because for students, it is like an exercise to find the most interesting idea. Whereas for business owners, they are like you and me, right at the beginning where we are trying to solve the puzzle. We have a fixed picture in our minds. So it's very difficult for us to think how else we can undertake what we do today because we have the baggage of all the operational issues that the students are free of. Second technique, what would it take for me to achieve a certain outcome? I find this technique very helpful for me to deliver breakthrough in thinking, and I need to credit this 
to my dear business partner, Stacy. Let me illustrate this technique with a story. There was a point in time in our business where we were suddenly faced with the possibility of getting a lot of work all around the same time. As we wanted to make sure that we can deliver, we needed to give up one piece of work over the other. We were reluctant to make that choice because we were unclear whether we would be eventually awarded the bigger piece of piece of work which would come at a later time. At that time, we thought that we needed to choose one or the other and Stacy and I had different points of view which we both were not willing to relent. Then Stacy made this comment. Hey, let's look at it in a different way. Let's ask ourselves, if we wanted to win both pieces of work and deliver them, what do we need to do? At that point in time, when I heard the question, my brain literally exploded. I remembered I was standing in the middle of Raffles Place in the hot sun, talking to Stacy over the phone. I was feeling quite tense and frustrated due to the impasse. But the moment I heard her question, my entire body relaxed and I sat down on a bench and started exploring different options with her. I can't disclose the details due to client confidentiality, but I can definitely say that we had a lot more options than choose A or B. Let me give you another example of how this technique of frame hacking helped my team deliver what would normally be deemed impossible. I used to work for a client who taught me a similar idea, except that she used a Cantonese phrase to summarize it. The direct translation is to adjust the amount of rice that you eat based on the amount of side dishes available. So whenever we were scoping projects for her company, we started to come up from, with a bottoms-up idealistic approach. She would always gift us this phrase and ask us to think top-down instead of bottoms-up based on the available budget or time that we had or we were given. So, by changing how we looked at the problem, we were able to deliver to her outcomes, meeting her objectives at a lower cost and or lesser time. So, there is, after all, a method to the madness. There are simple and replicable techniques that you can use to hack your frame and think outside the box that may be limiting you. Remember, when you are in a rut and need some inspiration to think out of the box, remember to pick a couple of key assumptions and ask yourself, what if they were the opposite? Or ask yourself, what would it take for me to achieve the desired outcome? You can do these exercises when you are faced with problems, or you could do it for fun, like me. Thank you for joining me today. I'm very honoured to have you here. If you would like to keep going and want to know more about the number one Southeast Asia's leading female entrepreneurship network, head over to Soul Rich Woman at S-O-U-L-R-I-C-H-W-O-M-A-N.com and download the free ebook on how to get clients and multiply your income through personal branding. Remember, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Do subscribe to The Square Apple Show and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Bye for now.